You're listening to Small Business Made Simple, a podcast for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Most of our interviews aren't with professional speakers and authors. The bulk of our interviews are with hardworking business owners that are out in the community building their businesses, leading their teams, and leaving a legacy. And they want to share what they've learned with you. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the owner of One Click Agency, a website design company for small businesses, and I'm also one of the co-hosts of this show. Our goal today is to help you stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, hello, my friend. I'm Peter Wallen, and this is the Small Business Made Simple podcast. I'm so happy to be here. It's just been a wonderful experience, and I'm really enjoying sharing my story a bit. So um, I'm excited to talk about today's session, which is becoming a community leader. Becoming a community leader. So topics I want to discuss here is, you know, after you've already been a volunteer or worked in, in an association, there will come a time that you will be tapped on the shoulder and asked to take a leadership position and step up in the organization a bit. So I want to talk a little bit about that here today, knowing that um, you've got the skills and the knowledge, you know, once you've been in the organization for a while, you've got skills and knowledge that need to be shared and should be shared in the organization. So it doesn't really matter how much experience you have, how much time you have doing the volunteer work or the volunteer activities. It's your amount of desire to improve and to take things to the next level. So um, I've had many leadership positions in both profit and nonprofit organizations, and I'll share a few of them with you here right now. And please don't think I'm bragging here. I'm not here to brag. I'm, I'm here to kind of share my stories and share some of the uh, successes and challenges I've had. So um, let me share with you this. So one of the very first organizations I got involved with was the Chamber of Commerce, and I got tapped on the shoulder to be uh, the chairperson of the Member Services Committee. And this goes back probably 20 years ago now when I was still relatively new as an insurance agent, but I had been attending many chamber functions and shaking hands and smiling and uh, kissing babies and eating chicken dinners, and they they saw some some enthusiasm in me so they asked me to be the chairperson of the member services committee which is just again reaching out to help the members of the organization one of the events i was very very proud of was being part of the erie insurance marketing task force and in that capacity i was the leader of this task force and i was the chairperson representing over 2000 insurance agencies in 13 states and we would meet monthly over the telephone and three or four times a year in person and just share ideas as to how to make our company, the companies we represent, Erie Insurance, uh, a better company and how they have better relationships with the agency for us. So that was really cool. Nonprofit organizations, I was on the Arnott Foundation Board, Arnott Health Foundation Board, and I'm actually still on this committee. And th this was a really challenging time when there was two hospitals in our community and they were in the process of merging into one. And in all honesty, going backwards, uh, they really did not get along very well in years past. So the administrations of the hospital, the boards, just the environments, they really didn't get along. They didn't share the same values. And when I was on that board, the hospitals merged, and then we created opportunities for the foundations to merge. And we were uh, very excited about that. So over time, it became a historic merger, and it's uh, doing really well today and thriving. I was also the chairperson of the United Way for two years, 
And during that period of time, it was the largest time in the history of the United Way in our community for resource development, or in other words, fundraising. We had our, our annual campaign and we raised more money in the years that I was the chairperson than ever before and even since then. So very, very cool. Meals on Wheels, uh, near and dear to me. I oversaw fundraising efforts for a $1.8 million building expansion committee. And again, I'm still part of that. We're just wrapping this phase one up. And what's really interesting, it's not the $1.8 million, it's the fact that it took 10 years to get to where we are today. So 10 years of being on a board, 10 years of being on a committee, 10 years of learning and thinking and trying to do the right thing for the community. And about four years ago, we actually bought a building and renovated it into a 32,000 square foot uh, facility that is now a state-of-the-art kitchen where we can serve over 400 meals a day to our area residents that really need it. I've also been on um, many boards and organizations. Uh, still, currently I serve on the board of the Corning Credit Union and Elmira College President's Council. And I've also been very, very involved in Rotary, and I'm currently the foundation chairperson of Rotary in our club. So uh, a lot going on, a lot happening. So what I've learned is this is the core of me. This is the core of my being, and that I obviously um, have a passion and a gift, and I need to share that with the world. And I say this, and I say this again, I'm not here to impress, it, uh, to impress you. I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to impress upon you that you, too, have the skills that need to be shared and used and utilized, or they become wasted, or they become wasted. So how did it start for me? Well, over time, I think I, uh, people recognized my level of engagement and my enthusiasm. And as I attended meetings and attended events in the nonprofit world, they saw my excitement, they saw my enthusiasm and my energy level. And it, it obviously uh, sparked some interest in the leadership of the organizations. So more than once it happened, I would get a phone call and I would be asked to go to lunch. So always be careful if someone calls and asks you to go to lunch. But in many of these situations, it was the right thing and the right time. So um, I'd go to lunch with the executive director or the current chairperson, president of the nonprofit organization. And we would sit for an hour and just talk about philosophy and uh, strengths and weaknesses of the organization and lo and behold by the end of that conversation they're trying to set things up for Peter me to be the future leader of that organization so over time I think it was the right thing to do over time it was a face-to-face -face conversation where I was asked to become more of a leader in the organization and sky's the limit you know that's really been a fascinating experience for me and I have nothing but great memories and great thoughts and great conversations to share with you about my about my association with these organizations in a leadership capacity. So I want to share with you a few ideas and a few things that I think are just so critical when it does come to being the leader, the person that's in charge of running the meetings and in charge of running the organizations. And so I'll start with number one. To me, it's just about being yourself. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. Don't try to be the person that you're succeeding. You know, it could have been a prior leader, prior um, organizational committee that was running the organization. And now that it's my turn, or in this case, your turn, you've got to be yourself. You know, have your own energy, your own enthusiasm, your own style when it comes to running a meeting. And 
sharing your thoughts and ideas. So that's number one. And that's, to me, that's so important is not to try to be somebody else, not to try to be somebody that you're not. Just be yourself. Uh, you wouldn't be asked to be in this position if it weren't for the fact that they like you, they know you, they trust you to do the right things. The next one is knowing the mission of the organization. Certainly, whether it's a profit or nonprofit organization, specifically nonprofit, which is what I'm kind of talking about here, knowing the mission of the organization, what's what's their mission? What's their strategic plan? Is there a five-year strategic plan? Is there a 10-year strategic plan? What are they really trying to, trying to accomplish and achieve? That's so important that you're, you're going to be carrying that torch. You need to know the mission of that organization. Another thing that sometimes gets overlooked a little bit, and you think it'd be obvious, but it gets overlooked, is learning and knowing the bylaws of the organization. And I've been on many committees where we actually not just look at them, but we actually revise the bylaws and change them. And as things change in our world and our organizations, things do need to be looked at and evaluated. So looking at the bylaws, know, know what you know the, the main ingredients are, know what the organizational structure is all about, know what term limits are for each board member, know what the voting process looks like. Is it is it certainly a quorum? Is it a, a voting is 50% of the members agree or is it two-thirds, 67% of the members agree? That all should be written down and, and clearly communicated in the bylaws. The next one is do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. And that's that's all about integrity where, you know, you really need to be more concerned about your character than your reputation. You know, when you put your head on your pillow at night, can you sleep well knowing that you've done the right thing, knowing that when you say you're going to do something, you do it. And when you say you plan to do something in the future, you do it. You follow through. Words are just words. Actions are powerful. Actions are what really differentiates a group from just speaking and talking about things and actually doing things. Surround yourself with people smarter than you. Mentors, former chair people of the organization, former presidents, former advisors that were on the board, learn from them. You know, surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with people that are better than you. And how do I say this? You know, I don't want to walk into a room and be the smartest person in the room. I really don't, and I'm not here to offend anybody, but, you know, I want to walk into a room with people full of class and dignity and knowledge and things that I can really respect and look up to. So I, I want to surround myself with people that are better than me, that, that have the ability to jump on board and take this organization to a higher level. So I learned a long and hard lesson about, you know, not trying to be somebody else, just trying to be yourself and work with people that are in the room that are smarter than you. Very, very important. The next one is, um, you know, start a meeting on time and have a clear agenda. You know, I always say, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. So get to the meeting on time, start the meeting on time. If somebody shows up late, that's on them, not on me. And I learned this a long time ago when I was um, just kind of a young committee member on a hospital board and the uh, vice president, or the president of the hospital would always start the meeting right on time and said, okay, look at your watch. It's now four o'clock. The meeting starts now. This meeting will last for one hour. We will be done at five. So I love that agenda. I love that philosophy. Start on time, end on time, because that's so critical. You know, you don't want to over overextend your welcome and, and drag things out if 
there certainly needs to be things that need to be discussed. You can table them for future meetings. You can assign committees. You can assign tasks. So to me, starting a meeting on time and following an agenda is critical. Settle disputes quickly, openly, and fairly. It's okay to disagree. I've had many disagreements with executive directors and presidents and other board members, and it's, it's okay to disagree. You don't want everybody to be on that same page. You don't always want to be singing out of that same hymnal. We want to look at things from different avenues and different angles. And certainly I have my ideas and I might think my ideas are great, but somebody might have an idea that's even better. So I need to listen and openly be part of what they have to say. So if it's, a, if it's a dispute, you know, talk about it openly, not drama behind someone's back and not um, challenges that, that can drive a wedge in between the organization and the people involved. Better yet, be open, be fair, hear all sides of the story, and then make clear decisions on what you've learned. And that leads to goals, having clear goals for both the organization and yourself. The organization should have goals that, in my, in my world, uh, they should have three-year goals and one-year goals. And uh, the one-year goals are what you're really, really focusing on in the short term, and that three-year goal is something that's long-term. So... Every time you have a meeting, you're looking at the goals. How are we doing? Where are we at? Where are we not at? Where do we need to be? And then I also have you know, clear goals for myself. As the leader of the organization, what am I trying to accomplish this year? Is there something I want to do where I'm, I'm carrying the load, whether it's making commitments for financial gain or balancing the budget or doing something along those lines? Having goals for myself is important too. So that helps me grow as a leader. Have clearly defined tasks. So certainly during board meetings, you don't always decide things during a board meeting or a committee meeting. A lot of times, you know, we're trying to focus on our goals and, and, and big picture things. Some of the small details need to be sent out in the form of a task. So each meeting before the end of the meeting, assign tasks to certain people within the organization so they can go out and perform those tasks and do some research and do some study and then bring back the results uh, the next time or within a short period of time or within the time that you've designated. I think that's important because we want to make sure we've got everybody on the board engaged so everybody has a clear role in the organization and they feel important. The worst thing you can do is just have a meeting and just report to the people in the room what has happened and what you're going to do. It's it's just a report back, and I don't like that. I think there has to be uh, clear roles that everybody in the organization has and clear tasks that get assigned for members on the organization to go out and do the work and feel like they are contributing as well. Capture success stories. Recognize the wins. Recognize the wins. W-I-N. You know, what's important now? What is happening within the organization that's positive? So capitalize, cap, cap, capture the success stories. Recognize others in an open forum. Uh, make sure you're saying thank you to the people that have done the great uh, deeds to help the organization get to the high level and, and share the successes. If there's a challenge, if there's something that you need to di direct your attention to in, in the form of something that could be negative or a bit controversial, you might want to do those a little bit more in private. And something that I believe is very, very important as, as the leader of the organization is to identify and secure your successor. Sometimes your role could be a one-year role in the leadership position. I've often seen times now where they actually extend into two years and I kind of like a two-year role because that allows you as a leader to really get your feet on the ground and do some of the right things. 
but I think it's so critical to identify and involve the person that's going to take over after you. You know, you want to make sure that you've identified someone that clearly understands the role of the organization and the mission and has the same values of what the organization's about. But then you can take some time and develop and teach and train them to um, assume the role when it's their turn. So you don't want it to be a last-minute decision. You want to be able to have give them the right opportunity to take time and do things properly and learn the organization and, and make sure it's the right decision for them. So I think that's so cool. You've got to have that successor in place. Early on in your leadership year, your leadership career, early on you've got to have someone behind you that's willing and capable of taking over. And lastly, I'll say this, have fun. You know, enjoy the meeting, enjoy the process. Meetings are just meetings. You know, we're all very busy. We've all got things in our busy lives, but, it, you know, have fun. You know, get to know the other org- people in the organization. Get to know the other volunteers and the people that are making making good things happen. And, you know, give them a high five. Share some positives. You know, just have fun. Be yourself and, and use your energy and your enthusiasm the right way. So how do you measure success? The obvious way is to look at the balance sheet you know look at the organization are they making money properly are they making the money that they can reinvest in in the organization the balance sheet you know how much money's coming in versus how much money's going out that's pretty pretty clear that's pretty straightforward and simple but i think the most important way to measure success is to look at the impact to the community is the organization really doing what its mission stands for are they really serving the needs of the community and if they are you're doing well you're doing well So that's what the leadership portion of this podcast is about. It's about learning about leadership skills and the fact that you just want to kind of keep keep striving to get better, keep striving for self-improvement, and keep striving for the improvement of the organization. And you're building a winner short-term and long-term. If you have questions or thoughts or comments on some of this topic and just some of my thoughts here, I would love to hear about it. So email us send a note into the comments section of this podcast, wherever you're listening to. I want to hear more about your story and what you have to say. So please share with us. Until next time, my friend, I'm Peter Wallen. And remember, service is joy. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Small Business Made Simple. If you learned something insightful, actionable, or useful that you're excited to implement in your business, please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Not only are you helping other future listeners find the show, you're giving them an opportunity to learn something valuable they can implement as well. Thanks as always for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe in providing you with the tools you need to stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business.